we're all advocates. We're the backbone. We're the backbone of the nation. Show the rest of the world who aren't farmers what it is. What's it, what's it like on a farm? You know, what we do every day. We're feeding the world. It creates a healthy community. So, you know, eat local, buy local, support your local farmers. Welcome back to another episode of The Advocates. In today's episode, Daniel and Wade are joined by Barrett Brown from Brownfield, Texas. Barrett is a fifth-generation farmer on the South Plains of Texas, where he and his family grow cotton, wheat, and run cattle. Barrett is a co-founder of FBSN and a co-host of the Manure Spreader podcast. Barrett, how's it, how are things going today? Oh, pretty good. How about y'all? Doing good. Dan, yourself? So far, so good. I'm scared and a little happy to have Barrett on because... At some point, I'm sure he's going to talk trash, just like I did on uh, his podcast. So, 15 episodes to... in, and he, he finally says he's not excited about one. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what to think. That's, that's pretty fitting. <laughs> well. I'm not excited to be here either, Dan. So. Well, good. Good. <laughs> Glad the feelings are mutual here. <laughs> but in all honesty, uh, Glad to have you on the show, kind of, Barrett. Um, why, why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, like I said, my name is Barrett. Uh, cotton farmer down here in, in the southern panhandle of Texas, um, south of Lubbock. Fifth generation. My family's been doing it for about 101 years, so, so that's what we do. 101 years there in, there in Terry County the whole time? Yes, sir. Still have the same original half section that they settled on. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So you grew up literally right there, didn't you? I didn't grow up on the farm. I mean, I grew up in town, but uh, spent as much time out there as I could growing up. Okay. For for those who don't know, Barrett, how how tall are you? <laughs> Five foot nineteen inches, Dan. <laughs> when? How old were you when you reached? Six foot. Oh, uh, maybe a freshman, freshman or sophomore year. Good grief. Wow. All right. <laughs> Moving on before I get jealous. <laughs> I already am. Uh, kind of talking about ag background. Um, you know, you sixth generation farmer. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I'm fifth generation. Sorry. Um, yeah, fifth that's generation. all right. Family came out here and uh, actually we're on our 102nd year, I guess. Family came out here in 1918 and settled on a half section uh, just a few miles west of Brownfield. And uh, that was my great, great granddad. And um, at some point he fell on hard times and actually had that half section foreclosed on. And uh, I don't know all the exact years, but my great granddad, and my great grandmother were able to buy it back by hand picking cotton for other people. That's what they made the land payment with. Um, and so, I, unfortunately, they were my great granddad was gone before I was ever born. But I did know my great grandmother. She lived until she was ninety three. Um, she was a hardworking old lady right up until the last few months. So. Um, I, I think I carry some of that with me. I hope I do. And I hope I'm making them proud by doing what we're doing down here. Barrett, what does it mean to you to be, to be farming some of that same land? Um, 
I know there's a lot of farmers who, who they get happy just to have the same land, maybe one generation or two, but to have to be five generations deep, um, personally to you, what, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. You, when you get this far down the line, um, you sure don't want to be the generation that screws it up and loses it for good. Um, so sometimes I feel like there's a little more pressure to, to do good and stay in business. Um, just for that reason, but it's, it's something special, you know, getting to walk on ground that my great, great granddad farmed and, and doing what he did just, you know, in modern times with new technologies and stuff, it's, it's something I don't take for granted and that I, I think about a lot. I see pictures of farmers that they find just random stuff there in the dirt. Um, do you ever find anything like that and think, man, this, like, you know, exactly who would have dropped that out there? Um, not so much on our place. Um, you know, you find stuff on rented ground a lot. Um, and yeah, you do think about that, you know, what, was there a house here? Was this just something that fell off a plow 50 years ago or whatever it was? Um, you know, you'll find stuff around the barnyard that, you know, is old and has probably been buried for 60 or 70 years. It's, it's pretty cool when you do find something like that to think about whose hands touched it last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, my when my dad was about four years old, our or the headquarters got wiped out by a tornado, and uh, literally he he has a dent in his side from an old picket hitting him while grandmother was carrying him to the cellar. That's just a cool little fact. But anyway, uh, we have still the old foundations, concrete foundation from where dad grew up, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. And, and seeing, you know, where things happen, you know, growing up for him, you know, you know, 50 years ago, but it's kind of cool finding things like that. Even if it doesn't have a real say to say family connection, you still get to think about an old timer having, a bolt or something come off the plow and then you wonder how long it took him to replace it or find another bolt, you know? Yeah. You know, the house that my great, great granddad built is still standing out there. Wow. Um, unfortunately we're, we're actually about to have it torn down just because it's in such disrepair and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's heartbreaking to me that my granddad did decide to have it torn down. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's, you know, a barn we call the grease barn. I'm actually looking at a picture on the wall of my office right now. <clears throat> That's my granddad, my dad, me, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and my son, who was three at the time of that picture. And in the background is the grease barn. Mm-hmm. And that barn, my granddad and his dad were in there hanging tar paper on the walls of the granary when my granddad's uncle <clears throat> pulled up and told him, Pearl Harbor had been bombed. They were out there after church finishing up the granary. No. So to have, have that around and and to go into those old buildings and think about who built them and what all's gone on inside of them over the years, it's pretty cool. Barry, you've, you've talked about the farm. Um, you mentioned some cotton. What, what else do y'all do there? Uh, cotton's our main cash crop. Um, we grow a lot of wheat, uh, for cover. And then I've, I'm trying to implement some other small grains. Um, I've, I grow some hay grazer on dry land. Um, I've uh, tried some millet last year for cattle rotation. Um, 
wheat's not worth anything around here. It takes a lot to get a wheat crop that's worth something. And so I've brought in cattle into that rotation just to try to make some money off of those, uh, excuse me, off of those acres. Do you, do you work with a guy named Gerb Nail? (laughs) With cattle at least? Yeah. I don't know when this is going to air, but we actually worked about 80 calves yesterday. Wow. Well. That's more than, and it was a Gerb mail show for sure. It was, it was a little <laughs> bit of a rodeo. Well, I would, I wouldn't think any less of them. So you, you're, you're trying to implement some other, other crops on the farm. Is that just mainly for cover or do you think you can make some, some better money off of some, some small grains or something? No, that's strictly for cover. Um, dad was no-till for a while for the two thousands. Um, we got away from it a little bit in the drought and about the time I came home and started my operation. And it's just to the point where we can't afford to not be no-till anymore. So um, not owning a combine, it's hard to justify having wheat cut, you know, 40 bushel wheat um, <clears throat> when you're paying somebody that much money to come in and custom cut it for you. So we were just letting our wheat grow and die and leaving it for the next year's cotton crop. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I've, I've always enjoyed cattle. Um, and so that's why I've, I'm trying to work them into my rotation and, and graze that wheat instead of just letting it sit there. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I personally wouldn't have any cattle cause I don't <laughs> like them, but, uh, that makes sense. So what's your, your, you work with your dad right on the farm. Correct. What What's kind of your role on the farm? Well, we have dad and I are completely separate as far as operations are concerned. We're separate financially. We each have our own ground, um, but we operate out of the same barn on our home place, that half section I was talking about. And when it gets time to do something, we just get in line and go. You know, my equipment goes to his farms, his comes to mine. Um, We just line up and whoever's farm is next on the road is the one that gets done next. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... You know, my, I guess my role is, is manager of my own operation all the way down to hoer of my operation, you know, out hoeing around wells and trying to keep things clean. I just do whatever, whatever needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So y'all, y'all farm kind of where it's a little bit sandy, don't you? A little bit. (laughs) I'm sure that's a challenge. What, what's kind of the biggest challenge for y'all year to year? Uh, trying to be be farmers and and cattlemen and everything. Um, the sand is a huge issue, and um, you you lose that issue when you go to no till because your ground's not going to blow. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, our dryland ground is is still conventionally farmed most years, um, and so trying to keep the sand from blowing on a dryland block can be a huge headache because if it doesn't rain and that ground is blowing there's absolutely nothing you can do about it you just have to sit there and watch your cotton burn up and and disappear so um being no-till i'd say weather sand blowing hailstorms is the main issues for us barrett being there in terry county um and we haven't talked about this with dan there's there's lots of great production there um, I, I lived in Lane County for a while, and that was right when the dicamba stuff was firing off. 
Um, how important is it to you to have a, a positive working relationship with, with those producers that are growing other crops there in your area? Um, hmm. uh, it's, it's, an, it's important to have a good relationship with all your neighbors, no matter what you're growing or what they're growing. Um, I, <laughs> I haven't had any issues with any great producers. I farm, I have two fields that are directly across the road from vineyards. Um, as long as I'm being smart and doing what I'm supposed to be doing when I'm supposed to be doing it, I haven't had any issues. My advice would be be smart and, and you probably won't have very many issues with people. There's, there's a reason those things have very strict guidelines on them. <laughs> Correct. So Barrett on social media, it's impossible to find a, your face. What's the deal with that? Cause I have tried. I, I at one point it was my mission to try to get a picture of you with your to have just for blackmailing purposes mainly. But <laughs> tell us why it's so important to you to not have your face on the uh, social media. It, uh, do you want the truth? Yeah, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> so I. You kind of chose the wrong crowd to be with if you don't re- if you're pretty shy, you know that? Yeah, I probably did, but you know, I if you're talking about the FBSN crowd, a handful of us met up in Louisville at the National Farm Machinery Show and there were people messaging some of the other guys trying to bribe them into taking my picture. <laughs> And they didn't do it. So wow, you got friends so right there. Yeah, so I've I've got some trust in those guys. Yeah, I'd say so. Tell us about the farm show at Louisville. Y'all recorded a a pot or an episode for your old podcast there, didn't you? <laughs> we did, and that was you know having a podcast, which you two understand. Having a podcast with people that are not from where you're at can be a little difficult, and. And being able to sit down in a room with those guys after we had finally met in person and record an episode, it was it was pretty entertaining and and a lot of fun. And I guess I'll say on here, there's some stuff that'll never see the light of day, but <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. And allegedly, there's video of that podcast recording. Allegedly, allegedly, now, that is quite the word right there. Allegedly. <laughs> Barrett, before we move into FBSN and, and take a deep dive on that, I have a question for you about social media uh, from a branding standpoint. Um, I, I've seen your hats. It seems like the who's who of Instagram influencers has your hats uh, or have one of your hats. Um, Farmer Dan being one of them, of course. And I, I saw that you sent one to uh, to California, to, to Romero out there. Um, why, tell us about the hats and why... Um, Kind of how how the idea for that little brand and logo started, but why you why you send them out to people? Um, the brand actually that's my fire brand for cattle, and that's going to disappoint some people because a lot of people think that's a cotton bowl. That, that's what um, I thought it was, to be honest. <laughs> no, that <laughs> that brand idea came from a Louis Lamore book. Um, he describes a brand as a six leaf clover. And so that was just kind of my, um, that's how I interpreted his description of it. Um, I had the hats made. I've always had caps made for 
for my farm, for Tripby Farms that have had that brand on them. And I get on Instagram one day and I didn't know who this farmer Dan guy was. I just had been following him for a few days and he's driving down the road like he usually is filming a story and he's the camera's not on him he's filming out his windshield and there's a rocking end cap on his dash <laughs> yep and I so i happen to know the guy that has the rocking end brand um gabe neal who i worked cows with yesterday so i messaged dan i didn't think i'd ever hear back from him but i messaged him and said i will send you a better looking cap than that rocking end cap if you'll send me your address and he did so i sent him a cap he posted it and it kind of blew up i never had any intention of selling them or sending them to people but thanks to that farmer dan guy um they've they've kind of gone all over the country and even to australia you know that's pretty cool really i should really claim some like 10 percent off of everything that you've sold I really should. You, know, for, yeah, you, know, you probably should. There's not oh, a whole well. lot of money in hats, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, there's, there's not. There's more than I've got not, right now, Wade. <laughs> not when you're ordering as few as I do at a time. There's here's, not very much. There's not a big margin. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be one more dime than I have, and that's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> so, Barrett, it kind of seems like you have a sort of unfriendly, friendly rivalry with uh, this Gabe fella. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, you could say that maybe. How long have y'all been sort of friends or whatever you you'd like to call that? Um, I've known who Gabe Neal was for a long time. His younger brother's about a year older than me, and I've known Cliff for I, I don't know how long. But when we, when my wife and kids and I actually moved down to where we live now. Um, in 2012 is when I started hanging around Gabe Neal and doing stuff with him. And so, uh, I, but the rivalry probably didn't really start up if that's what you want to call it <laughs> until this past summer. <laughs> so he's, well, I do in- he's a good guy and we give each other heck all the time, but yeah, just it, like it's any- all in good fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I can't, I actually don't know. Oh, I see my rocking in hat. I was just about to see, ask where it is. I see it, but I don't know where your hat is. So just just to give that out for Neil, if if he ever listens to this podcast. <laughs> so we've we've kind of touched on it. Uh, y'all y'all have your own podcast. Um, tell us how did that all start out? That's kind of what we are really wanting to know. Um, it it started in a group chat on Instagram that Casey Briggs started and it, I'd have never thought it would have gone where it's gone and and where it's headed when he started it. To be honest with you there for the first week or so, I, I thought about getting out of it just cause I, you know, I didn't know any of those guys and, and, and going back to being shy and I didn't really want to talk to them cause I didn't know who they were, but, at some point that chat became like therapy for me. And I think any of the other guys in there would say the same thing. You know, it, it became our coffee shop or our bar or whatever you want to, uh, compare it to, but that that's where I would go to, 
to vent about what was happening on the farm that day. And there were times that I would be so mad that I just wanted to punch somebody. And I'd go into that chat. You know, you go in there with a problem. You you send your problem into that chat thinking you're going to get some sympathy. You might get one or two, man, that sucks. Sorry to hear that. And then you're going to get roasted for 15 minutes about why that shouldn't be bothering you. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, being made fun of for having that problem. And there was times when I would get mad that I was laughing. Like, I just wanted to be mad. And they wouldn't let me be mad. And so, as it time went on, <clears throat> uh, some of us were on Rob Sharkey's show, on his XM show. And somebody said we should start a podcast. And so, the idea of the podcast was, and is, to try to bring some of that relationship we built in that group chat out to the public and you know there's there's podcasts out there that have communities built around them there's one a big one that's for the military first responder community and and you go look at what they have i want that for the ag community um, where you hopefully you feel like you're just listening to somebody's talk and you can't be part of the conversation because it's a podcast but, you know, if we can bring an hour of entertainment to somebody for a week and maybe get them to laugh a couple times, then that's what we're after. Yeah. Barrett, I want to backtrack a little bit to the to the start of the group chat. Um, as, as a farmer, and, and Dan, I'd, I'd like you to answer this question too. Um, why is it important to have, have somewhere to vent? I mean, you, you sit in a tractor all day by yourself listening to podcasts. Um, why, why is it important for, for both of y'all um, to have somewhere at the end of the day to to just let, let it out. Um, maybe your wife or your girlfriend doesn't want to hear about it. Um, why is it important to have somewhere to just, just to release? Yeah, because I don't, you know, for my wife who is involved in the farming operation somewhat, I mean, she has a job, but you know, she knows what's going on. We talk about it, but, uh, I don't want to bring little stuff home, you know, pivots breaking down or, or trouble with hired help or whatever it is. Um, what, uh, what I've always tried to do is when I walked in the door and took my cap off for the day, then that was my farming cap. I put it on the shelf and I was done being a farmer for the day. I wasn't going to bring any of the petty stuff into the house. And so being able to go gripe at somebody from South Dakota or New Jersey or Arizona, you know, it, it takes, it takes that weight off of my shoulders and, and releases it so that I don't carry it into the house Mm -hmm. and if it's a bad problem you know then you take it home and you talk to your spouse about it but when it's little petty stuff you know you don't she's got a job she has her own stuff to worry about Mm -hmm. i guess for me really uh, i mean i've got dad i usually vent to him just because i'm still technically i'm i have my own farm but also I, i still work for him and so can't vent to him about my boss, you know, because that, that's him. But uh, I, I think for me, just, you know, you can't really, I think you've said this before, but Barrett, but you, you, I'm not going to go to my neighbors and say, yeah, my wheat yielded 25 bushels an acre and, and kind of vent about how bad the farm's doing because that's none of their business. It's really no one's business, but it's a lot easier to, to open up to somebody that's, you know, on the other side of the 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 country that drives a freaking telehandler in the middle of the road, you know, versus 
your your neighbor because that yeah your neighbor and your peers yeah. yeah yeah and i mean we've got neighbors that uh would just try to help you out and then there's some sadly that would take that information and, and use it against you to, to get land. And that's just, that's human nature. I'm not saying it's the right thing or wrong thing to do. That's just, it's it's a business and, and that's what they do. But I, I think mainly it's just a, it's a place to, to let go of some stress. And yeah, you're right. Most of the time, if you come in with a problem on any group chat, that's good natured, you'll get Oh, that sucks. And then you're stupid, you know, right. <laughs> kind of thing. And, you know, it, it's it's nice to, to some degree. Every now and then, if you don't if you don't have thick skin, you might get your feelings hurt. But, hey, don't tell them that because then they'll really. Get no, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, be an even bigger mistake. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, but going back to talking to Kevin in New Jersey, you know, if I have a pivot breakdown and it's I'm fired up and hacked off about it well i don't you know i've got great friends out here but i don't want to call the guy down the road because there's a good chance he's having the same problem he doesn't care that my pivot broke down because his is broke down you know but if you if you can talk to somebody that that's somewhere else and doesn't deal with that specific problem you're having then it i don't know it just seems to make it easier Mm -hmm. barrett um FBSN, in my opinion, is more than a podcast. Um, yes, that's that's kind of y'all's main deal, but y'all y'all sell some shirts, you, um, some some things like that. Uh, but there's also a Facebook group, correct? Correct. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's that's going back to that community we want to build for the ag industry. Um, you know, obviously, you can't put a thousand followers in a group message or group chat on Instagram. But so we created the Facebook group, um, to where hopefully people from the public, I guess, would could come in there and, and have some of what we had in that group chat, you know, open up vent, graph about the neighbor, um, graph about the tractor being broke down, whatever it is, ask for advice, you know, just, just an all around community, it's it's a virtual coffee shop is what we some of us call it uh, you know the old time old school diner coffee shop for farmers not the new 10 dollar cup of coffee coffee shops i think it's 15 dollars now <laughs> i don't Gosh. i refuse to go in those places yeah it's it's expensive i'll tell you that i've been in once once is too many so Y'all have y'all have T-shirts. You have stickers. Are uh, I'm gonna go back to something I heard Rob Sharkey kind of talk about on when you were on his show. But uh, y'all y'all have a, a community, and it seems like most times when you have inside jokes and and stuff such as that on a podcast, it doesn't seem to take off. But my word, I mean, I'm sure y'all are getting more listens too than than we do honestly because y'all been at it longer but y'all also have uh just a bit more instagram uh spread out set and than than we do but why do you think that's working out so well um to be honest i don't know i wish i did know that answer um because i would try to do more of it mm-hmm. um but i think just that it's it's not educational it's you're not going to learn anything. It's just three or four idiots 
getting on and bashing each other. And we do talk about cover crops a little bit and, and farming, but you know, it's just nonsense for an hour that's somewhat ag related. And I think that may be why it's, it's taken off a little bit. It's, you know, we, we would love more downloads, but it, it did surprise us very much so about the response we got after the first few episodes. Mm-hmm. So Barrett, y'all's, uh, y'all's deal is called Farmers BS Network. Now, when I first started hearing a little bit about it on the on the Instagram, I really thought it was going to be a parody off of a, another unnamed company that is kind of big on the social media side. Uh, do y'all get that question a lot? I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Um, we did in the beginning. Um, we still get it every now and then. Um, it's not. It was so that, you know, you can name group chats on Instagram and the group chat that started all of this went through about 15 different name changes, mm-hmm. which was usually a, a joke from the chat. Um, and, and I'm not, don't ask cause I'm not going to tell you any of the original names, but at some point somebody named it farmers BS network. And it was cause it was a group of farmers in there BSing. And that's, it just, that name stuck it at the, the name of that group chat hasn't been changed since then. And, and so that's how it came about. It wasn't, it's not a knock or a parody on anybody. Okay. Gotcha. Cause I, I really wondered that myself and I thought it was kind of funny, but that it's just a perfect name for kind of, like you said, the, the four idiots and you on the podcast. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so are you saying I'm not one of the idiots? I appreciate yeah. that, Dan. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to be nice here. <laughs> He said the same thing to Casey. <laughs> hey, we don't need Dad Gummit, Wade. Dad Gummit. <laughs> throw me under the bus. Well, you know, somebody's got to be the captain of a sinking ship. So <laughs> That is true. That is very true. <laughs> they usually have to stay on, too, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying I'm the captain of that deal. It's It's a group effort, for sure. Yeah, it is. And I like... I like Casey's idea of of just getting quite a few different people on a group chat because you get to get to vent, and that's important for any right. farmer. Yeah, it's it's nice to. This is maybe going to sound bad. It's nice to hear the struggles of guys from other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, meaning I'm not the only us cotton farmers here in Terry County are not the only ones that have trouble and are struggling. You know, it's. Every, we're all in the same boat. We're just trying to get to, you know, trying to do it with a different product. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, it seems like your neighbors always got the newest and brand newest tractor and everything and got all the money in the world. And, and you're sitting here running a 1939 Model H John Deere tractor, which nothing's wrong with that. You know, it just the comparison at all of a sudden you, you get wondering. And so been right. able to hear of different people's struggles, even if they have all the newest stuff, it's kind of, it's not, so to speak, glad to hear that they're struggling, but more it's, it's not just you alone. Right. Yeah. And it's human nature, you know, to look across the fence or the road or whatever it is. And, you know, how does that guy afford that brand new tractor or whatever it is, you know, and it's, um, so it's nice to get out and, and, and see what everybody else is doing across the country. Moving on, Barrett, 
uh, still talking about your podcast, I was uh, given the great privilege of, of getting on there. Uh, I think I was actually the first non-FBSN group chat member, which I, I hold that title very proudly. But uh, <laughs> I kind of roasted you quite a bit on your on your own show, and I've, I've been waiting for any short jokes or something like that. But so far, I, I don't think I've given you the chance, have I? Or you haven't, you've been a nice fellow about it. I've just been nice, Dan. I sure appreciate that. <laughs> uh, like I well, said on our podcast, I've never once made a height joke about to you or about you to anybody, I don't think. Uh, at least on the podcast. I'll, yeah, I'll no, right, in public. I thought <laughs> yeah. that was implied. Yeah, sorry. At least on the, yeah, in public, I would, I would say so. Uh, I have... I don't know if it's a, I've met you before and man, it's just, you, you, you look up and there's no end. It's just, gosh dang it. <laughs> I'm really jealous for those who are wondering, I'm like five, nine. Uh, and so being able to talk to somebody that's three feet taller than me, it's kind of weird, but moving on, we're cut, we're going down all sorts of rabbit trails today. Aren't we Wade? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While we move on, uh, Wade, what where do you want to go next? Well, Barrett, we ask we ask everybody this question: um, where, from a, from a farming standpoint, uh, what what do you think the farm looks like 10, 10 years from now, and, and how do you think it changes from the way it looks today? Ooh, um, I don't know. That's not something I put a lot of thought into. Um, Ten years from now, I don't know if we'll be seeing a lot of automated equipment out there, but we're, I think we're definitely headed that direction. Um, hopefully we'll have some better technologies out there for weed control and bug control um, that plants won't get resistant to so fast. But other than that, I don't know. I've never really put much thought into what 10 years from now holds. That makes so sense. So sorry, you know? that wasn't a very good answer. <laughs> no, but it, but it was an answer. It, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> so Barrett, we're going to move on to the rapid fire questions part of the show. Uh, it's beginning to become Nobody a Nobody told favorite. me about this when I agreed to be on here. <laughs> well, too bad, because we got you on recording now. <laughs> so why don't we start off with just an easy little question here. Uh, do you like Apple phones or Android phones? Um, I actually have one of each, but I would probably say Apple because that's what I'm used to. Wow, you're fancy. Right on. Sticking, I sticking with a with a phone vibe. What is your what is your favorite app that you've got on, on either phone? Oh man. I don't know. That's, we use WhatsApp a lot on the farm, but I don't know if that's my favorite. Hmm. Gotcha. Am I supposed to say Instagram because that's where all this nonsense started? Ab- <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely the, not. That, that's the only wrong answer. <laughs> that is a wrong answer. <laughs> so we, we've talked about your podcast, but where do you see personally the the manure spread? Where do you hope the manure spread is at five years from now? You know, what what do you, what's your goal for it? Um, Five years from now, I hope we're on about episode 250. And that, that that community I was talking about it has grown into thousands of members that that feel like they're a part of something and they can go into that group and and talk to one another and, 
um, yeah, I just I hope we just keep providing an outlet for uh, people involved in the ag industry. Mm-hmm. That's that's very important. And the the final question: um, if if resources and inputs were not a factor, what is one crop that you would grow for one season? Um, I'd grow corn just to prove that it wasn't as hard as all them guys up north claim it is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Dan, why don't you why don't you take a stab at that question as well? Well, man, if if resources and inputs were not a factor, I would try to I would try to do some some cotton, which is kind of dumb to say because there's cotton around here, but not for dry land and. Uh, Man, I, I'd just love to see a field of beans here in the Panhandle. Just soybeans. You do not see that around here. And that's what I'd want to do. Wade, what about um, you? <laughs> I, I would have a an awesome backyard garden. I don't I don't farm like y'all do. So me saying I want a section of soybeans or Milo or something would be completely irrelevant. Uh, but no, we would put in an awesome garden. It'd be great for one year and that'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> yep i know how that is well barrett i want to thank you for for coming on our show uh it's been it's been nice not to get roasted by you i was really quite honestly expecting it and so uh, it's been a change i'm sure i'll get it from you at some point i know i will but i i think for for those listening you need to go and listen to the manure spreader podcast uh i wouldn't say it's the most family friendly it, it'd be a it'd be a hard pg-13 and uh but it it's got lots of laughs i'd say three quarters of the podcast is just hearing them laugh at themselves <laughs> it seems like but i promise you they have great guests including myself um <clears throat> but uh overall like barrett has said it, it's just a it's just a place to turn on some back noise go back to your work and get a good laugh every now and then of, of farmers just literally making fun of each other and uh i, I couldn't promote any other podcast that way but man it, it's perfect barrett uh why don't you let the people know uh where they can find you on social media as well as the podcast um they can find me on instagram at trip t-r-i-p b just the letter b 11 um and then fbsn is farmers bullshit network on instagram and uh the group is farmers bs network on facebook and then we, we have a website, farmersbsnetwork.com, where we're peddling some T-shirts and stickers. Well, thanks, folks. Those will be in the in the links, uh, show notes down low. Uh, be sure and check that out. Uh, Dan, close it out for us. You know, we always like to ask our our our, our guests uh, what what their final thoughts are about something, and it seems you know agriculture as a whole it's it's a community, but it doesn't seem to get the start off. If you could help listeners uh, right now to to maybe open up about just problems or something, what would you say to them? You know, I would say don't keep it bottled up. Um, if it's something that you feel like you need to talk about, reach out to somebody, a friend, a neighbor, um, whoever it is. And if that if you're not comfortable with that, which like we talked about, I completely understand. Reach out to uh, FBSN on Instagram, or you can reach out to me personally. Um, it's all in confidence. Nothing will ever be said. Um, but just talk to somebody about it. 
and don't keep it bottled up. Right on. I agree. Well, Barrett, I want to thank you for being on our show. Uh, I, I am excited to to listen to the next podcast. Y'all release them every Tuesday, and uh, they're they're always just they're <laughs> well. I <laughs> and you have to listen to them to see if we took a jab at you that week. <laughs> yeah, it seems like every now and then. I think Gerb Neal talked about how I pronounce inch and and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's mainly just to make sure that I ain't made fun of too much. But uh, like I've said before, folks, this is probably one of the few podcasts that I actually look forward to listening to. And uh, it, it's always good. Wade, thank you. Got anything else? I think that wraps it up, guys. Barrett, thanks for coming on. Dan, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Advocates. Be sure and check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to see who we'll feature next. On behalf of Dan, I'm Wade. We'll see you next time.